we're going to continue our series. We're going to honor all the dads. We are honoring all the dads. And bless the scene. Matter of fact, just all the dads, one more time, raise your hands. All the dads. All the dads in the house. Beautiful. We're going to continue our series, The Holy Hippie. The Holy Hippie, talking about Samson. And if you weren't here last week, let me digress here briefly and give you three points if you weren't here last week that we shared. Number one, forgetting what God did in your past will hold your future captive. Make a note of that in your spirit. Number two, God is attracted to impossible circumstances. I want to repeat the list because it's worth repeating. Show him a barren womb. Show him a closed door. Show him a broken heart. Show him a shattered dream. Show him a bad medical report. Show him an empty bank account. Show him a dysfunctional family. Show him a world coming out of a global pandemic and get ready for one thing, God to show up. For nothing is impossible with God, Luke 1.37. Everyone repeat after me, nothing is impossible with God. The third point from last week is what you digest will determine what you deliver. You have a word. God has placed a word in your spirit. If you have a word here, raise your hand. If God has given you a word, if God has spoken to you, if there's a promise you're holding on to from heaven, raise one hand. That word, when it comes out, it's a miracle. When it grows up, it's your testimony. So you need to understand what that's prenatal prophetic care. What, what you take in will determine what comes out of you. Judges 13.5 for today. Here it is. You will become pregnant. This is the angel of the Lord. He gives this message to Samson's mother. You will become pregnant subsequently to dad. And a matter of fact, the dad thing became a thing. The dad had to hear the message. You will become pregnant. The dad is always involved. New Testament, the angel comes down, speaks to Elizabeth and Zechariah. Speaks to Joseph and Mary. You will together become pregnant and give birth to a son. His hair must never be cut. For he will. Somebody say will. will. It's the same verb again. He will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from the moment he is born. And he. Here's that word again. You will. For he will. And he will. Begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. The will, the will, the will, three wills. I want to speak to you on the subject matter briefly here, willpower. Willpower, where there's a will, that's the message today. Willpower, where there's a will, there's a... Number one, when you live in his will, God will do what he promised. Repeat that. When you live in his will, God will do what he promised. This is what God, the angel of the Lord, God's messenger. You will become pregnant. You will. Not you may become pregnant, but you what? Not you can become pregnant, but you what? The birth of this holy hippie. The birth of Samson. And this week we're not doing it because I promised you that I was going to illustrate this. But next, because I'm going to finish the moment that he was the process of him being born. But next week, you're going to be blessed to have Samson with the, with the wig and Samson come, come on board. And 
That just happened. You, the birth of this holy hippie. It equips us with this following truth. This woman attempted to have a baby. This man, Manoah and his wife, they attempted to get pregnant on multiple occasions and failed. Heaven shows up and says, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, you will give birth to a son. I'm not even asking your permission. I'm telling you what's going to happen next. I love when heaven invades your life and turns your world upside down and says, I don't care how many failures you've had. Yeah, but you know what? My last marriage felt, did I ask you? When heaven shows up and says, wait a second, Woo! your future is not in the hands of your failures. Your next is not in the hands of your naysayers. Your tomorrow is not in the hands of your trial. Your destiny is not in the hands of your drama. God designed your outcome. God declares your next. God declares your future. God determines your destiny. He said, you will become pregnant. I want to remind everyone here on Father's Day, our God is not the God of you may. He is the God of you. When Jesus is your Lord, when Jesus is your Savior, when you are born again, when you pray, thine kingdom come, thine, then guess what? You're no longer part of the you may club or the you can club. You're a lifelong care-carrying member of the you will team, which means what? You will become pregnant. Read it. He will be dedicated. He will begin to rescue. So to everyone here, everyone streaming, stop saying I may. Stop saying I can. When you say I may, you release possibility. When you say I can, you release potential. When you say I will, you unleash the promise. Therefore, Permit me to repeat and declare upon you what heaven unleashed upon Samson's parents. The will of God will be done in your life. So let me be clear. Receive this if you want to. You, in Jesus' name, that's why you're here. You will live out God's will. You will give birth to your miracle. Let me repeat that. You will give birth to your miracle. You will see your family saved. You will be healed. You will experience breakthrough. You will go from glory to glory. You will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You will execute your God-ordained calling. You will live out your dream. You will make it out of the desert. You will live in the promise. You will defeat the giants of your generation. You will receive double for your trouble. You will pray in the spirit. You will cast out devils and demons. You will lay hands on the sick. You will be light. You will glorify the Father. You will exalt the Son. You will thrive with the Holy Spirit. You will live in shalom. You will live a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring life. And with that life, guess what? You will change the world. Somebody say, I will. I will. Because what God declares cannot be stopped from being born. A destiny defined by God cannot be deterred. Where there's a will, so if you live in his will, God will do it. If you do the will of God, he will make it happen. Isaiah 60, 22, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. 1 Timothy 6, 15 God will make that happen at the right time. 
He is the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Raise your right hand, repeat after me. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. This declaration on Father's Day is prophetic and powerful. And in this atmosphere, it has to happen. I want you to repeat after me. Even if you have a loved one that you're praying for, a financial condition, a physical, whatever it may be, I want you to say it with certainty. God will make it happen. No, no, but you need to say it like you actually believe it. Say, God will make it happen. You just spoke from your heart and your head. Now you're going to speak from your hand, the prophetic, the practical. Say, God will make it happen. So ready for this? When you go back and look back five years from now at 2021, the rest of the world, the rest of the world is going to say, oh, that's the year that we came out of COVID, not you. You're going to say, that's the year that every generational curse was broken in my family. Somebody prays like you know what you're talking about. That's the year that God took me out of poverty. That's the year that God took my family out of the pit. That's the year that God took us from glory to glory. 2021 is the year of the breakthrough. It's the year of the breakthrough. Not just about COVID, but about spiritual COVID, emotional COVID, relational COVID, financial COVID. If you receive this, say amen. Somebody say God will make it happen. He will because all of his promises, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, all of God's promises are yes in Jesus, solidified with the amen of your life because where there's a will, there's a way. Number two, if you dedicate your miracle, it will grow into your testimony. Let me explain, Judges 13, 5, for he will be, he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite. I love this. God fills us with a word, as I alluded to previously. That word comes out as a miracle. It grows into a testimony. Before you receive the miracle, you receive the message. The message always goes first. God will always give you, will give you instructions and revelation about what's forthcoming. The miracle will not be formed before God gives you the acuity, the acumen, for you to manage the miracle that's coming. If not, you're going to mismanage the miracle. I've seen so many people trip over the mantle and over the miracle and over the anointing because they weren't ready for it. They didn't get the instruction manual. And in God, he has things in, in such a beautiful order. There is a linear sequential way. The architect of the universe has this amazing way of telling you, look, he looked at his parents and said, I'm going to tell you what to do during the, while the baby is in the womb and after the womb. Let me give you instructions for the rest of his life. God will lay out instructions. Preparation precedes revelation. Always. It's always a process where there is instruction before a season of production. I believe the Lord has been instructing many of us for the past year and a half, two years. There has been instruction getting us ready for the production. And if, you, if you've been hearing from heaven for the past 16 months, raise your hand. If, there, if this has been a time, if you have been in the Holy Ghost University, listening from the Spirit of God, and, and you have been online constantly with heaven, raise both hands. If God has been instructing you about your life and your processes, your relationships, how to clean up around you, how to clean up in you, how to stop hoarding, how to stop listening to voices that can't lift you up, how to surround yourself with a brand new group of people, if they don't have more faith than you, then stop. If they can't pray you up, are you with me right now? The only way for you to learn and acquire something you don't have is to surround yourself with people that have what you're looking for. I'm preaching to someone right now. Am I preaching to anybody here? 
and, and, and you need to surround yourself with people that don't have what they, they, they because they, they, you because okay oh wait stop for a second I don't want to get into this but I have to get into it you got you got to understand we've been in a season a season of instruction before the production and then the angel of the Lord comes in and says I have a message for you something is coming dedicated God says this I'm gonna give you what you've been asking for with one condition what's the condition well you got to give me back what I give you what yeah how about this dedicate the dedicate him dedicate him devote him render him give me back what i'm gonna give you what i'm gonna give you what you've been praying for with the condition that once you see it you don't act like you got it with your own strength once you get that job, once you get that relationship, once you get that promotion, once you get your healing, don't act like you got it all by yourself. Give it back to me. We have people that once they get the breakthrough, they walk like they got the breakthrough all by themselves. They act like they got the breakthrough all by themselves. God says, dedicate it to me and make that commitment that you'll give it to me even before it is born. <laughs> Devote the purpose. In, in scripture, temples and and, and, I mean, temples and children were dedicated unto God. I'm changing your barren circumstance. I'm giving you more than you expected and more than you deserve. But you have to give it back to me. Before you touch it, before you see it, before you grab a hold of it, you have to make a vow with God. And the moment it materializes, it belongs to him. Here it is. It's not your gift. It's not your family. It's not your job. It belongs to him. Prove it. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. <laughs> Oh, boy, you're going to get this in a second. Uh, my dad, when I was 17 years old, graduating from high school, my dad comes along and gives me a gift. The gift that he gave me was a Camaro Z28. Old school Camaro, but it looked great. Fire Camaro. A 1978 Camaro Z28, metallic blue, tinted windows, Eagle GT tires, hydraulic shocks. I, so help me, it was an amazing car. I've said this story before, but I love it because I, and I did. I was, I was anal about it. About my, I still live about my cars. I keep them uberly clean. I have issues. I don't care. I'm, I am me. And, and at that time, I, I, back in the day, we would all put armor on. Armor on was anointing. Armor on was the anointing for the cars. So I would put armor on in that car, and I would put so much armor on that if you would go to the driver's seat, you would slide down to the passenger side and keep on going to the other side. That car was clean. It was fire car was awesome and and my I would go and I remember this, this this interaction with my father man it went like this you know one day I wanted to take the car out in a time that didn't line up with the time that a 17 year old should not be you know not be at home so my dad my dad gave me the car gave me the car key so I look at my dad and I'm 17 I think I'm a man man so I'm look at my dad who gave me a car as a gift and he said where you go and I go like well I'm gonna go out and he looked at the time and I went like this ain't the right time for you to go out son and I went like yeah but it's my car well, so my dad looked at me, and he could have said other things, but he was very nuanced. My dad looked at me, and went like, it's your car. So you're right, it's your car, but it's my car, too. And I go, what do you mean? How can it be your car and my car? He goes, okay. He goes, let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you pay for the insurance? I said, no. If the car breaks, can you pay to fix it? And I said, no. He said, well, guess what? You may act like it's your car, 
when you drive, people think it's your car. You all out? It's your car. You could even say, I give you permission. It's your car. But in reality, it's my car. Here's what I learned. Whoever owns it, protects it. Whoever owns it, provides for it. Whoever owns it is responsible for it. That's why we need dads and moms to rise up and say, my kids belong to you. My children and my children's children belong to you. My health belongs to you. My finances belong to you. My business belongs to you. My future belongs to you. I, I dare to see Christians rise up and instead of claiming ownership of everything, dedicate everything to God. I know it looks, I know it sounds crazy and religious, but it isn't. God gives you a house. When he gave you the apartment when you couldn't afford a house, you take that apartment. You walk in there, take some anointing oil, pray over it. And I know it sounds crazy to some, but it isn't. You say, I know it's an apartment, but I'm sowing into my destiny. Today is an apartment. Tomorrow I will own a home. Therefore, I dedicate this apartment to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. The moment your children are born or your grandchildren are born, before taking a picture and putting it on Instagram, to the Lion King anointing and lift them up and say, I dedicate my child to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Give it all to God. Dedicate it all to God. And he will provide for it. He will protect it. And he will promote it. I dare, oh, I, oh, all the dads that are here, stand up. All the dads, if you can, stand up. By the way, look, look around you. Th ladies and gentlemen, this is what hell hates. Fathers that stand up. All the fathers that are here, we're about to make a powerful, as you stand with me, this is a living in the culture and the time we're living in. What we're about to say right now is powerful and prophetic. So respectfully to the best fathers on the planet, let me ask you, raise your right hand. And just repeat after me. My family belongs to God. My faith belongs to God. My future belongs to God. My finances belong to God. My everything belongs to God. In Jesus' name, you have no idea what you just broke and what you just unleashed. Somebody give the Lord some praise. You may be seated. Hell hates Manoah. Hell hates fathers that pray, fathers committed to the truth of the gospel, fathers that, that love Jesus, fathers that dedicate everything to God, fathers that understand the principle of 1 Corinthians 10.31, everything you do, do for the glory of Christ. Fathers that understand Colossians 3.17, everything you do, do in the name of Jesus. Where there's a will, where there's a will, and the final point on Father's Day, the will to be, to be different will determine your platform. Let me repeat that. The will to be different will determine your platform. Judges 13.5, same verse. The third will, here it is. Be a Nazarite and he will begin to rescue Israel. Only if he's a Nazarite. The Nazarite vow, I have to explain this. The Nazarite vow is this. This is what the Lord said. Don't cut his hair 
Don't let him go to Napa. Real simple. Those two things. Don't cut his hair. No supercuts. No Napa. That was the rule. Now, what does that mean today, Pastor Sam? Supercut to Napa. How is it applicable? The Lord says, I'm going to do something special with your boy. Therefore, no supercuts, no Napa. He wasn't the only special one that had that vow. By the way, women, Numbers chapter 6, women could likewise have a Nazarite vow. It's very powerful. So it wasn't just for men. I love this. But he comes along and says, here's this group, Samson, Samuel, John the Baptist, they were all Nazarites. They were all people that didn't cut their hair and wouldn't go to Napa. What does this mean today? What is the Lord saying? What does it all mean? It means this. Do not be conformed by this world and do not cut off the anointing. That's what it means. I'm going to say it one more time. What does this mean in 21st century? Don't be conformed. Do not. To be a Nazarite is to be a follower of God who makes a bow never to, com- never to conform to the culture and never to cut off the anointing. Let me repeat that. Do not imitate the world and do not stifle the Holy Spirit. In layman's terms, to be a Nazarite is, means this. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. That's what it means. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. I'm reading from the Bible now. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Here's the will word again, which is good and pleasing, Romans 12, 2. Do not stifle, quench, cut off, extinguish the Holy Spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. What, what am I telling you right now on Father's Day? We need some modern-day Nazarites to walk up. What is people that don't conform to the world, people that don't quench the Holy Spirit. We need, we need Nazarites to rise up. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, on Father's Day, I want to remind you, this world is falling apart. And we, uh, when you hear from the stage, you hear a great balance. You hear, both, you hear both about holiness and God's desire to give you an abundant life and prosper you. We're a very balanced church here. We don't go on one side. Theologically, we are balanced. But we have to confront certain things right now. There is an attempt, and I'm going to, this is not for the purpose of being controversial or to speak in a coarse manner, but there is an attempt to castrate biblical masculinity. There is an attempt, I'm going to get in trouble now, and I understand that, but I just can't be silent as your pastor. What we we need, listen, I, I need to say this, we need men to act like men, to pray like men, to prophesy like men, to preach like men, to lead like men, to guide like men, to give like men, to love like men. Are you with me right now? We need men to rise up. Men are not the enemy in culture. God is about to lift. There's about, God's about to ignite an army of Nazarites that are about to stand up in the name of Jesus that will not conform to this world. What does this mean? Men, women, listen carefully. We can't let government raise our children. We can't let the public school system raise our children. We can't let cultural influencers raise our children. We must raise our children. We must say, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, somebody say it like you believe it, as for me and my house, we shall serve the living God. Somebody praise like you're a Nazarite. Lift up your hands. All the Nazarites in the house, lift up your hands. Men and women, lift up your hands. The world needs Nazarites. Modern day, grace-sustained, spirit-empowered, biblically-based Nazarites. 
that we won't conform to this world. Kingdom is greater than culture. The values of the kingdom of heaven. Lift up your hands. We're done here. We're done. The Nazarites. God says, I'm going to give you something, but don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't, don't conform to the culture. And don't turn off the Holy Spirit. If you do these two things, you're going to thrive. If you don't drink the Kool-Aid of the culture, if you don't let other people tell you what you believe, but you, you don't compromise on what you believe, I sense the Lord. We must be different. We can't talk like the world, speak like the world, think like the world, act like the world, behave like the world. Do not be conformed. What you say no to will determine what God says yes to. Let me repeat. I sense the Lord right now. What you say no to will determine what God says yes to. What you reject in front of you will determine what God releases upon you. Don't say yes to everything. Don't accept everything. Don't tolerate everything. Don't accommodate everything. Be different. Speak different. Live different. Post different. Believe different. Love different. Give different. Raise your kids differently. If you're receiving this, lift them up a little bit higher. People will know you because your beliefs never change. A Nazarite is a person who makes a vow never to change regardless of what changes around them. Everyone else cuts their hair. You will not. That's what it means. Be different. Stand out. Don't fit in. You want to fit in? No, you're a Nazarite. They will know you because you're different. Oh, Pastor Sam, that's old school. Everything is changing. Everything is changing. Everything is changing. Yeah, there's something or someone who has never changed. God never. The cross never changes. The empty tomb never changes. The upper room never changes. The Father never changes. The Son never changes. The Holy Spirit never changes. It never changes. It never changes. It never changes the fact that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Does anybody here worship the God that never changes? Stand with me. You are standing. Those that are not standing. You can't change Jesus. You can't change what Jesus did on the cross. You can't change the word of God and the promises of God. Kingdom is greater than culture. Truth is greater than opinions. Faith is greater than feelings. We are facing spiritual Philistines who hold communities captive, our culture captive. Our media, educational system, even our political parties are held captive. But the Nazarites are coming. The Nazarites are coming. Oh, oh, oh. I hear the sound of holy influencers rising up. I sense the Lord. We're about to see Nazarites show up, folks. We're about to see Nazarites show up. I kid you not, in every sector of society, we're about to see a bunch of people that go, no, I'm not here to conform. I'm not here to change based on what you believe. Yeah. 
I'm not speaking arrogantly. I'm not speaking at all arrogantly. But I'm not here for you to change me. I'm here for the glory of Jesus through me to change you. Are there any holy Nazarites in the house? Nazarites. You know what they believe? That the presence of God is your platform. You want a platform? You want people to know you? Get on your knees in the presence of Almighty God. The presence of God is my platform. 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 We're done. Nazarites are coming. The word inside of you will come out as a miracle, grow into a testimony. That word, that miracle, that testimony will break generational strongholds. Deliver the ones you love and set their holy purposes free. Oh, I love this. Manoah asked in verse 12, the dad, he looked at the angel Lord and said, so you're telling me all of this? And he says this, quote, when your words come to pass, not if. That's the kind of man we need. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. When your words come to pass, then we will be on our way. I know we can do this now. We haven't done this in a long time. Can you please tell someone next to you, I'm on my way? Say it like you believe it. Tell, re, now, look at someone else. Tell them, I'm not where I used to be. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not how I used to be. I'm on my way. I understand why the enemy is trying to distract me because I'm on my way. I, I understand the challenges and the obstacles because I'm on my way. Hell is attacking me because I'm... My thoughts are trying to deceive me because... But praise be to God that Jesus said, I am the... And I live in him and he lives in me. I abide in him, he abides in me. Therefore, I'm on my way. Somebody praise like you're on your way. Shout like you're on your way. Because where there's a will, where there's a will, do you get this? Why do you think God has been instructing you over these months? Preparing you. He's been equipping you, removing people from your life, adding new ones. God is telling you to upgrade. God is telling you, surround yourself with people that have more faith than you, that have been where you're going, so they can guide you along the way. You're on your way. You're on your way. You're on your way. You're on your way. Then he looks at Manoah and says this. Read it. I'm holding you accountable to keep her accountable. Yeah, yeah. 
That's crazy. He looks at him and says, I'm holding you accountable to keep her accountable. God's going to surround you with the kind of people that will hold you accountable for what God has purposed in your life. Oh, you miss it. You want people to surround you that understand you. That's okay. But you need to be around people not only that don't understand you. You need to be around people that if need be, they rebuke you. You need to be around people that say, no, no, no. That's not what God called you for. No, 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 no. That's not right. Get up in the name of Jesus. Get up. Don't stay stuck in that season. God's going to surround you with the kind of people that will hold you accountable for what God has deposited inside of you. With both hands high, say, I'm on my way. Where there's a will, there's a way. I have a word inside of me that's about to emerge as a miracle outside of me that will grow as a testimony in front of me to change the world around me. I'm on my way. All right, Nazarites. Are you willing to make this vow? It's 1.18 Pacific time. Are you willing to make a vow right here in this place in the presence of God that you will not conform to this world and you will not turn off the Holy Spirit? How many can say, Pastor Sam, I'm ready to do this? No, seriously speaking, how many are willing to make that vow? You're a modern-day Nazarite, according to Scripture. Are you sure? Do you know what you're saying? You're saying you're not going to drink the Kool-Aid. In your actions, in your words, your deeds, your thoughts, your behavior, your posts, your conversations, you're not going to drink the Kool-Aid. You're not going to conform to this world. You're not going to turn off the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we make this vow. Lift up your hands on the vow. All the Nazarites. Heavenly Father, on this Father's Day, men and women together, we make this vow before you not to conform to this world, not to surrender biblical truth on the altar of culture or expediency. We make this vow never to quench, never to turn off, never to be unresponsive to the move of the Holy Spirit, not to stifle the Spirit. Lord, we are on our way. We acknowledge the Nazarite calling upon this generation. We acknowledge this holy remnant to rise up in a world full of chaos, anarchy, and confusion, full of relativism and decadence. We will stand up for righteousness and justice, truth and love. For what the Bible says, the Word of God says about absolutely every single subject matter. We will never surrender one verse, one iota, one comma of the Word of God in order to accommodate a culture against the Word of God. So we stand up right now, fully committed, because we love the world. We want to see the world saved. Therefore, we rise up. In Jesus' name, because where there's a will, there's a way. If you just made that promise with me and come in agreement in Jesus' name, now give him the best Father's Day praise you've given him. If you got this word, raise your hand. If you really got it, raise both hands. So fathers, men, stand up. Act like a man. Pray like a man. Worship like a man. Lay hands on your family like a man of God. Lead the family altar. Do not permit the enemy to castrate biblical masculinity. Stand up. It's all right to be a man. Be a man in Jesus' name. Filled with God's spirit. Provide. Protect. Play with your kids. But lead by example. 
Don't just tell them what to do. Show them how to do it. Do that in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord one more praise offering. Go ahead. This message brought to you by HolyTestosterone.com. All right. <laughs>